Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. should have accepted the apostle. And Paul's letter of authority was completely that church of Corinth herself. She was his letter, a letter still being written, by the way. It wasn't a completed letter. Just as none of our lives are complete at this point, as long as we're here and we're sucking air, you know what? Our, our story is still being written. Amen? I mean, that's a good thing and a bad thing when you think about it. It's a good thing, meaning that, man, as long as the Lord allows me to live, I can continue to honor Him and glorify Him in my life. The bad thing about that is, is as long as the Lord allows me to live, there's still going to be times that I mess up. Today, Pastor David explains how the Apostle Paul was often frustrated with the Corinthian church because of their behavior, and then he felt that he needed to defend himself before them. So Paul didn't go to Corinth, preach, and then everything turned out perfect. The church was a work in progress by the Spirit of God and Paul's leadership. We are also works in progress today because God doesn't give up on us, and God loves us too much to allow us to stay where we are. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Paul's Resume. went to the doctor and all the tests came back. The doctor saw, man, this massive cancer, but you know, there's a chance that we go in there, operate, take that cancer out. But I don't want to offend you by saying you have cancer. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. And so they go on and go on and go on until finally that cancer metastasizes all over the body. And why didn't you tell me that three years ago? Well, I, I, I didn't want to scare you. I didn't want to offend you. You see, there's many within the world today that are going to a multitude of churches that will not speak the truth, will not tell them, no, that, that's sin in your life, and you can't keep going that way and say that you're still honoring God in your life. And that's the amazing thing is when people say, no, I love the Lord, but they continue to live on in a way or in a pattern that you, man, is so blatantly wrong from what the Word of God says. The Word of God is true, and every man is a liar. That's the truth. That's what we can hold on. Okay, that was all free. That wasn't really in my message. We're going to come back to the message now. The Word of God ought to be a wake-up call to us, and we dare not water it down. We dare not try to soft-sell it. Paul told the Corinthians that the message he brings is as of sincerity from God. We speak in the sight of God in Christ is what he says there in verse 17. And when Paul speaks of sincerity, he speaks of declaring the word in, in, in a purity, in, a, in an honesty. And again, the Greek word here speaks of pure or transparent. Albert Barnes translates it as unmingled honesty, and simplicity of aim. I love that. Unmingled 
honesty. I, I don't have a little bit of falseness and a little bit of untruth in this. No, it's unmingled honesty and simplicity of aim. I'm just shooting straight. I don't, I don't need any trick shots. I don't need to you know, shoot behind my back. No, simplicity of aim. I'm gonna lay the word of God out so that we can all understand it. Dwight L. Moody said many, many years ago, he says, we need to, we as, as pastors and, and teachers of the word, we need to study the word of God, be fully understanding, to rightly divide the word of God. We need to dig deep into the word of God. But when it comes to teaching our congregation, we need to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so that everybody can reach them, so that everybody can share in it. If it's shot way up here, then half your congregation misses and don't understand. And the other, they're filled with pride because of their intellect and their understanding. Unmingled honesty, simplicity of aim. I like that unmingled honesty. That's, that's kind of like, again, I want to invite you guys over to dinner this, this coming Friday. I'm going to put on a, a big uh, steak fry. You're all invited. I got these steaks uh, the other day from a warehouse over here. They're, they're great. The only problem is some of them have arsenic in them. I'm not sure which ones but you're all invited to come. Who would eat that? It's got just, just a little bit of arsenic. I'm not sure which one. Unmingled, honestly. I don't want anything in the Word of God that's not the truth of the Word of God. I don't need to add you know, some philosophy of man to build up the Word of God. I want the Word of God to be that that directs my life and gives me understanding through the Holy Spirit to rightly divide that Word of God. Unmingled honesty, simplicity of aim. William Barclay says it when Paul says that we come with sincerity. It describes something which can bear the test of being held up to the light of the sun and looked at with the sun shining through it. Again, many of you know I worked in construction for many years as an electrician. They always wanted to get lights on as quickly as possible in the building so that they could see any irregularities like in the wall or in the paint or whatever. Why? Because the light reveals the irregularities. The light reveals those things that are incorrect. And again, the, the quicker we can get light on a situation, the quicker it can be dealt with and the less it needs to be dealt with down the line. The very word we get our English word sincere from is the Latin word sinceras. Sinceras meaning clean and pure. Now, some believe that the early origin of that word came from two Latin words, sine meaning without and sera meaning wax for the combined meaning of without wax. And as the early peddlers of household goods would, would sell, you know, their certain items, particular cups and dishes, on some occasions these items would get cracked or they'd get chipped. And what these dishonest peddlers would do is they would take wax and rub it over where the crack is, both on the inside and the out, and fill it in and then buff it all out. So in the darkness of a shop, you couldn't really tell you're buying a cracked cup. So the deal is, is you would know it's an honest peddler, an honest vendor, when he said, sincere, without wax. You could take it out, bring it outside into the sun, look up, and you could see, because if it, the wax had been there, you could see that in the sun. You couldn't see it in the darkness of the shop. If the item were in good condition, it was sincere, without wax. Paul is saying, we come to you, but as of sincerity. Nothing mingled with the truth simple in our aim, 
not trying to pull something over on you. He didn't have any hidden agendas, any hidden motives. His message was pure. It was honest. It was unmingled because he fully understood that as I'm sharing this with you, I'm sharing it in the sight of God in Christ. No, man, you know, you think I'm going to come up and I'm going to lay a line on you if I really have that full understanding? No, God is listening uh, better than anyone else in here. You start slipping a line or, or giving an untruth. Who do I really stand responsible to? Who does Paul stand responsible to? Not the other apostles. Paul stood responsible to Christ. He understood that, and he had a full understanding. Not, not like some would say, yeah, yeah, I'll be responsible a little later on down the road, but for right now, I'm going to get away with whatever I can. No, Paul had that overwhelming reality of the presence of Christ in his life so much that he walked that walk in such a straight and narrow and pure and unmingled way that as he spoke, he spoke the purity of the word. He understood that God was his witness as well as his judge as to the purity of that message. So after declaring his intentions and motives once again to the church there in Corinth, he asked them there in verse one, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need as some other epistles of commendation to you or, or letters of commendation from you? Why do I need to keep proving myself to you? Why do I need to bring my letters to you to let you know who I am and what I've done and where I've been? Why do I, why, why do I need to bring a resume to you? Is that really what you're asking of me? Are you really concerned about what gives me the authority to bring correction to the issues that you have or to speak instruction to you as a church? Paul hated having to defend himself because it always seemed to be so self-aggrandizing, self-tuning uh, his own horn kind of an idea, puffing up his, his own ministry. Paul hated that kind of thing, but he found himself doing it often, especially with Corinth. And if you've read this book uh, more than once, you understand that's a regular routine for him here. Some of these teachers during that time period, in order to separate themselves from the false teachers that would go around church to search, some would carry with them letters of recommendation. They would get them maybe from the other apostles, maybe from the apostle Paul. We find uh, throughout Paul's writings that he gives commendations to many people. Hey, when so-and-so go goes to you, make sure and treat them well. Uh, make sure and care for them. Hey, make sure you know and honor them. They, man, they're, they're, they're outstanding. They're, they're good people. Take care of them. We see that in Paul's writings all over. So that idea of, of, of letters of commendation was, was normal there. But Paul here is asking, do I really need to bring that kind of thing, especially to you here in Corinth? Do I need to present to you my credentials, my qualifications? Do I need a letter of qualification from you? Do you really need me to present to you who I am? Remember, it was not but a couple of years prior that Paul had birthed this church. We're not talking decades and decades. We're only talking a few years of time here between the time that Paul birthed that church, spent many months in that church, ministered to them, had already written them uh, at least a couple of times that we know of, and now here he's still doing this battle. And again, what a ridiculous statement, particularly when you consider Paul's relationship with Corinth and Corinth's relationship with Paul. He hadn't been away from them but a few months. 
Yet already there's risen up within this church this, this, this dissension, this rejection of Paul's authority. Paul's relationship with Corinth and their establishment as a church by the Apostle Paul was and should have been always proof enough, proof necessary for anyone to understand his authority and his influence over that church there in Corinth. And Paul literally put put blood, sweat, and tears in that church. The anointing of God in his life, the calling of God in his life, should have been more than sufficient for them. So Paul writes to them in verse 2. He says, don't you know that you are our epistle, written in our hearts and known and read by all men? Clearly, you, church, are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. And and that's the way that we trust, and we're trusting Christ in the midst of that. That's the reality of who you are. It shouldn't have been something that Paul should have had to declare or demand. It should have been in their hearts. Paul says, it's in my heart. When people want to ask about my ministry, I, I point him over to Corinth. You know, I ministered over in Corinth. We started that ministry there, and there's been a lot of things, and we've worked with them, and we struggle with them, and yet we continue to love them, and God continues to grow them. Again, you can see the Spirit of God working and moving their life. You want to know who I am? Look at Corinth, Paul says. Paul shouldn't have had to go back to the bylaws or the organizational papers of the church and show them his place again in founding that church. They should have known these things. They should have accepted the apostle. And Paul's letter of authority was completely that church of Corinth herself. She was his letter, a letter still being written, by the way. It wasn't a completed letter. Just as none of our lives are complete at this point, as long as we're here and we're sucking air, you know what? Our, our story is still being written, amen? I mean, that's a good thing and a bad thing when you think about it. It's a good thing, meaning that, man, as long as the Lord allows me to live, I can continue to honor him and glorify him in my life. The bad thing about that is, is as long as the Lord allows me to live, there's still gonna be times that I mess up. And so again, in the midst of that, Corinth was still a living letter, a living declaration of Paul. John Trapp <laughs> He's an English-Anglican Bible commentator. He wrote a couple of years ago, actually in the mid-1600s, he declared this. He said, the faithfulness of the people is the preacher's testimonial. When I read that, I thought, wow. The faithfulness of the people is the preacher's testimonial. How good of a pastor is he? Look at his church. Look at the people of his church. Look at the interaction of the church. When I think about that statement in the words of the Apostle Paul, I have to admit that I stand before you today totally humbled by the work of God here in Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. This is totally when I would quote the Apostle Paul and say, who is sufficient for these things? And even as Paul continues on in verse 5, reminding us all, in verse 5 he says, Not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Beloved Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande is and has been from the beginning a work of God done through and in spite of 
the frailty and the failure of man. God still does a work. Outside of the steadfast assistance of of my wife and a, a host of others and through that empowering work of the Holy Spirit, we'd all be doing something else tonight. We'd be someplace else. But because of the faithfulness of God and those that have stood around, lifted up weary arms, strengthened feeble knees, gave encouragement when encouragement was needed, a little bit of saying woe when uh, woe is needed, iron sharpening iron all of those times, all of these things working together. That's why, and I'll just spin this off, and I don't know if this, yeah, this can go out on the radio. This will be fine. Whenever part of our congregation says, well, pastor, your church, da 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 I want to thump them on the head. This is not my church. It's all y'all's church, okay? It is our church. Number one, it's the Lord's church. But this church is made up of every one of us working and serving and ministering together. It is our church, and God is the one who is in charge. He's place some dopey sub-shepherd to kind of, you know, stand up front of everybody. But it's his call, okay? It's his call. Now, all the glory goes to him. And just as Paul's discussion above about being the essence of Christ to the world around us, Paul knew that the work he had completed in Corinth, that, that wasn't his own doing. He was fully aware and he was fully willing to let it lay, but the issues were continually being brought up by the Corinthians, thus requiring him to defend himself. I think Paul would have been very easy to say, man, it's not about me. It's not about anything I've ever done. It's just the work of God. But these people in Corinth continually asking. So Paul continues bringing out all these things, and we're going to see it all throughout here in 2 Corinthians. He keeps having to bring his resume back up again. He keeps you know, speak, having to speak about himself again. Uh, Paul knew it wasn't his strength, it wasn't his abilities that brought that church about, nor was it his abilities or strength that kept that church alive. Look what he says in verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our efficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Paul had a calling on his life that no letter or commendation of man could add to or take away. It's the call of God on his life. Whether man had recognized that and whether man was going to receive it or not, Paul knew that he had to act upon it. Years ago, served in a denominational church, and from that denominational church is where I was ordained. Because my beliefs along with that church split as far as my, again, a lot of understandings, part of it politics, part of it the work of the Holy Spirit within the lives of believers, the actuality and the truth of the gifts of the Holy Spirit being valid and true for today, abused in many cases, but they're still valid and true for today. Because of those issues that I felt the Lord was opening up to me in my life, uh, the church that I was ordained in, uh, the leadership of that church came and 
took my ordination away. They came knocking on the door one evening, and I thought, oh, it's nice to see you guys visit. And they came in and said, we've come for your papers. You know, they, they, I tell them, well, first of all, I'm going to need to find them because I don't have them framed up on a wall. They're someplace. So we got the ordination uh, certificate, sent that back to them. And, you know, for a while, that, like, so bummed me out. I was like, I was a young guy, young young minister. I wasn't serving as a pastor. I was serving as an assistant pastor, youth leader, children's uh, janitor, whatever the need was at the point in time. But, you know, it really, really frustrated me. It, it angered me, okay? I, you know, okay, the flesh came out for a while. Uh, but once I allowed the Holy Spirit to take a hold of that, I realized it wasn't that church that called me. It was God that called me. That's what Paul is saying here, man. We're called not, not by a letter, but by the Spirit. For the letter kills, the letter constrains, the letter strangles. You can't believe that because we're not here. So you must not really be called. Yeah, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. If you see that God has his hand on someone, well, if he changes his doctrine and goes another way, then, you know, I think that God still has his hand on you, but you're not who we are right now. Right now, I don't know how many of you are familiar or knowledgeable of the fact that Calvary chapels in general are going through a great amount of turmoil since uh, Pastor Chuck passed away. There's, a, there's this great division that's taking place right now, and I won't go into it tonight, but one of the things that I loved about Pastor Chuck when, when he was living, people joke about the fact, well, he was the Pope of Calvary. No, he wasn't. Uh, he, he had a church over there, and, and he it just gave birth to a lot of other churches that gave birth to churches. But, you know, one of the things that he saw earlier on is when different people or churches start going in a different direction, of who you are, you just simply say, that's fine. If God's leading you that way, you keep going that way, but you're just not who we are. You're not a Calvary Chapel anymore. And that's where Vineyards came from. It came out of Calvary Chapels. And Pastor Chuck told John Wimber and a few others that, that were off with the Vineyards, you know, that's fine. You just go and do what you feel God's calling you to do. It doesn't remove the, the, the anointing of God in an individual's life. They're just different. And, but let's get back now to Corinthians. Paul knew that he was a minister according to the Spirit of God. His call was by God through the Spirit for the glory of Christ. He was a minister of that new covenant, and his message was the message of grace and not of the law. He, now you, need, you need to know, you need to fully understand. Paul knew and understood the law probably better than most of his contemporaries. But he also knew and understood and experienced grace in a greater way than any of us can even begin to imagine. When, when grace came upon the Apostle Paul, you talk about rocking his world. It flipped it inside out, upside down in every way. Man, it was total change in his life. Paul had been under the law. And the law wasn't just religion. It was the culture he grew up in. The law controlled and, and directed every action of his life, every day of his life. He had been a, a staunch supporter and a protector of the law. He walked for years under the law. But under the law, he was simply a walking dead man. There was no spirit in it at all. It was all about the law. He was never able to 
to fully measure up. And when you're under the law, beloved, you'll never measure up. Thank you for listening to today's message from The Open Word. We hope that the words Pastor David has shared from the book of 2 Corinthians have touched your life and that you're eager to dive into a deeper relationship with Jesus. We'd like to invite you to join us next time on The Open Word, but you don't have to wait to hear more messages from the Word of God. With details on how you can listen online, here's Pastor David. Hey, thanks, Chris. The Open Word has an archive of previous messages ready to be listened to, downloaded, or shared at theopenword.com. Simply click on the teachings link at the top of the page. You can also take The Open Word with you as you go by subscribing to our podcasts. This can be done through our website or by searching for The Open Word on iTunes. By subscribing, you'll have sound, Bible-based teachings with you anytime, anywhere. Thanks, Pastor David. While you're at theopenword.com, be sure to click on About for more information about the ministry of The Open Word and more about Pastor David. There's also a link to Pastor David's blog, another great resource that looks deeper into what the Bible is teaching us. That website again is theopenword.com. That's all the time we have for here today on The Open Word. Join us next time as Pastor David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of 2 Corinthians. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you have a blessed day.